If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. Here we go on a Brian Middletonless episode of Action Sports Jacks Overtime on ESPN 690. Casey Kurtz here with you, rocking with you for another hour right here on ESPN 690. Brian Middleton usually with me, usually on the ones and twos. Decided he needed a vacation. He needed a little vacation from the OT. So he is out, and I'm going to put all of his information out in the streets. Not really, but he's out in Arizona. So if you're walking around the great area of phoenix arizona i think that's where he is unconfirmed uh and you see a guy that looks a little bit like brian middleton from action sports jacks overtime that is him uh probably don't address him because he's weird like that but nevertheless brian middleton is out and i am here with you on a thursday headed for the weekend not a whole lot going on in terms of the nfl obviously the season just ended the combine is next up rapidly approaching not a big combine guy myself i know brent and austin are but frankly how many times can you see somebody run and jump i'm good i'm all set i don't need to see the quarterbacks throw it's just not something for me so the combine for me is kind of off the radar plus during the combine i uh i have to get married so i definitely won't be locked into the combine uh wouldn't have been even if i wasn't getting married but nevertheless combine is not for me so in terms of the nfl for me it's all about mock drafts and it's all about free agency And when it comes to free agency, we talked about it a little bit today on the show. And that's what will the Jacksonville Jaguars do at the wide receiver position? We looked at some of the projected salaries and contracts that these guys will get. Guys like DJ Chark, guys like Allen Robinson, and guys like Mike Williams. And the one thing that I've struggled with throughout this entire process talking about wide receivers that could be available for Jacksonville is Mike Williams as a number one receiver. And I just can't wrap my head around that being a possible option in this free agent class. So you look at the stats, you dive deeper. 2,000-yard seasons, one in 2019, one in 2021. This most recent season, his best season in terms of yards, 11-46, 76 catches, nine touchdowns. Not his career high, by the way, 10 touchdowns back in 2018 for Mike Williams. But I I don't know, like, in terms of number one receiver numbers, Allen Robinson doesn't have them either. But you're going to have to pay one of those two guys, like we said, $18 million or more per year. And you don't love the idea of paying Allen Robinson $18 million a year, and that's fine. He did not have a great year. Darnell Mooney pretty much stole the show for the Chicago Bears last season. Mike Williams, again, was a number two to Keenan Allen. And, you know, nine touchdowns, 1,100 yards, don't get me wrong. In Jacksonville would be over the moon fantastic because of what we've seen. Can Trevor Lawrence make these guys better? Possibly. Does keeping Marvin Jones help Mike Williams or an Allen Robinson who could potentially be number one receivers? But if if they're playing single fiddle, as in, you know, you don't, for whatever reason, have Marvin Jones or you don't draft a high-level wide receiver and you're stuck with Mike Williams, boom or bust, or Allen Robinson, boom or bust. I don't love that for 
the Jags. So that's just one of many conversations to be had throughout the draft and free agent process. But that, that's what we're thinking about right now in Jacksonville for the Jaguars. Obviously, as you now know, and if you're just jumping in, I will let you know, the Jags have officially announced their coaching staff. Doug Peterson has made his selections. And we will hear from the coaches tomorrow. Brent will be down at the stadium and bring us that sound so you can hear it tomorrow from 3 to 6 on Action Sports Jacks. But I can't really explain to you why I believe this. I think maybe it has something to do with young, exciting coaches. But I think Press Taylor is going to be a great offensive coordinator here in Jacksonville. Like I said, I don't really have stats to back it up. But when you look at where he's come from, obviously he's coached with Doug Peterson, so that helps uh, in terms of continuity. His brother being Zach Taylor certainly helps. He's got a good person to bounce ideas off of. Now, granted, I'm sure they're not sharing schemes and whatnot for the upcoming season, but I'm sure they do conversate a good amount. And Zach Taylor coming off a Super Bowl appearance for a team that I have said multiple times, the Jacksonville Jaguars are not going to be the Cincinnati Bengals next year. I just don't see it. But I think if you're looking for teams to build off of, it has to be Cincinnati. Obviously, the offensive line for Cincinnati is not there, but they got the quarterback with Joe Burrow. We got the quarterback with Trevor Lawrence. Check and check. The wide receiver. Now, granted, everyone wants to look at Jamar Chase and say the wide receiver like I just did. So I'm blaming myself for doing something that I get aggravated with. But T. Higgins is a very good wide receiver. Tyler Boyd is a very good wide receiver. So, yes, they did draft Jamar Chase, and that is the wide receiver. But they already had a good core. In Jacksonville, you can't say that we're still – the jury is definitely still out on LaVisca Chanel, and it's not looking good. Marvin Jones is a veteran that can be good for the room, but we saw last year cannot carry the room. DJ Chark, obviously, the injury hurt a lot. You would have liked to seen what this team could have done in a larger sample size with Marvin Jones and DJ Chark to have a better idea what you want to do financially this offseason. But nonetheless, that I think you look at Cincinnati. I think you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that's a team that you try to copy. But my point in that being, Press Taylor, Zach Taylor, obviously that connection I think it's going to be good. I really do believe Press Taylor is going to be good here. Again, not a lot of evidence to back that up. It's just a feeling, and this is one of those ones where you would say, source, trust me, bro. Uh, some of the other names you probably know, Mike McCoy, uh, Jim Bob Cooter, who we have talked a little bit about. Bernie Parmalee is retained as the running backs coach who, uh, you know, according to the last regime, we had to ask Bernie Parmalee why James Robinson is the game. I don't think we're going to have to do that next year. I think Doug Peterson will just flat out have James Robinson in the game when he's healthy, but I imagine he probably won't push it off to a running backs coach. But that is an interesting uh, person to be retained, and uh, we talked about it a little bit in the first hour. You can find it on the podcast in hour one. But he, Bernie Parmalee has an opportunity to really – not that he was a bad coach before, but the fan base feels some sort of way about Bernie Parmalee because of what we were told from Urban Meyer, like, hey, that's the reason James Robinson isn't in the game. We find out that to be uh, non-true. But he has an opportunity. If he goes and coaches the running backs and they obviously make a huge jump or Travis Etienne comes back and is very good, I think that'll be a positive for Bernie Parmalee and for the fan base to see, like, hey, you know what? This guy, he, he was our guy. It just, it was you could, another thing you can blame on Urban Meyer. Uh, Senior defensive assistant Bob Sutton, we talked about a little bit again. Hour one in the podcast. Austin Lane was a fan of that. And the uh, 
lot of other staff moves to be made. You can find that information all over Twitter, I believe, on Brent A.S. Jacks. Brent's Twitter, you can find every name and detail. Like I said, a lot of those guys will speak tomorrow. Brent Martineau will be down at the stadium. We'll get that sound. We should hear from Doug Peterson as well, and we will play that for you from 3 to 6 tomorrow right here on ESPN 690. Casey Kurtz with you, Action Sports Jacks Overtime on ESPN 690. Brian Middleton is out, but we have a lot to do today in this show, and we got a lot to do before 7 p.m. Scheduled to be joined by Dane Dunning of the Texas Rangers, formerly of Clay County, or Clay High School, I should say, and the University of Florida as well. Current Texas Ranger. Got a lot of good stuff going on from Dane. We will talk about it when we get him on. Also, we'll hear in this program a little bit from some IndyCar drivers. I know what you're thinking. Why? Because the IndyCar season, as the NASCAR season is starting up, NASCAR will get going this weekend uh, at Daytona. The IndyCar season will get rolling in two weekends at the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. So two events that will start the racing seasons in Florida. You will hear a little bit from Colton Herta as well as Joseph Newgarden in this hour before 7 o'clock. So we got a whole lot to do, and we are Brian Middletonless, like I said. So we're going to hit this first break in the show. When we come back, Dane Dunning, we will be with him. We'll talk with him. We got a lot to do. Action Sports Jacks Overtime. Casey Kurtz with you. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Action Sports Jacks Overtime, ESPN 690. Casey Kurtz with you here. Brian Middleton is in Arizona. So we're rocking for another 40 minutes or so right here on ESPN 690. As I mentioned before the break, IndyCar comes to ESPN 690 right now. Earlier this week, I caught up with Joseph Newgarden about the upcoming IndyCar season as well as a two-time champion of the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, one of the absolute biggest names in the sport right now. I want you to hear a little bit of our conversation from earlier this week. You're a two-time champion in this sport. What What is left for you to accomplish in this sport? Any goals you have that you want to achieve as soon as this year or just the rest of your career? Well, I think the biggest thing for me is figuring out how to win the Indy 500. You know, That's our Super Bowl event of the year. It happens in May. Um, not been able to win that specific race. Um, so that's, that's number one on my list, you know, figure out how to win the Indy 500. And then sport championships, you know, two is great, but uh, I would love to be winning much more than two championships. And hopefully by the time I'm done, we can be looking at the, the record books and, you know, seeing where we stack up. I love that stuff. I just, you know, I compete for the, the legacy of it. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm always looking at, you know, who's the best and how can we be better than them. For sure. This might be a horrible question, so feel free to call me out on it. Um, you mentioned the Indy 500 first. If you could win that and not another championship, would you be uh, content with that? Uh, hard to be content, you know, because you you're always wanting more as a competitor. But, you know, you get that question asked a lot. If, if you could choose between them, what would you take? I think you, at this point you would take an, an Indy 500 over another championship just because it's such a difficult race to win. Um, but I don't know that I'd be content with it. it you know, 
I would, <laughs> I still want more. I just, it's never enough. You know, we're very greedy as, as competitors. As you should be. Uh, you drive for Team Penske. I think most people even, um, maybe not locked into IndyCar, know what Team Penske and what Penske means to racing. What does it mean to you to be affiliated with that team? Well, it's an iconic brand, no doubt. You know, I think it's an incredible group, but it's one of these teams you look at. I've always, you know, I've always assimilated it to, like, the Yankees, you know. Regardless of what your, you know, your team is in baseball, um, when when you think about the Yankees, you think about a dynasty. You think about, you know, the ultimate legacy within the sport. And that's what Penske is for IndyCar. You know, they've, they've been around um, for over 50 years. They're the winningest team at the Indianapolis 500 or in IndyCar history, you know, to, to, to just say that. Um, but they, they have, you know, they have 18 Indy 500 wins, which is unbelievable. Like, so they're, you know, they're, their batting record's pretty high. Um, and the amount of drivers that have driven for this organization and achieved great things is, is really incredible when you look at the list. So to drive for Roger Penske is just, he's a titan of the sport. He really is. And whether it's IndyCar or NASCAR, just globally, he is a titan of motorsports um, and just an incredible person too. So it's really, it's an honor to be able to drive for the team. And, you know, I don't know how I got in the position to one day to be, be doing that. That's awesome. I love the comparison to the Yankees there. That just kind of puts it in perspective to people that may not put it in racing terms, but I love that. Um, last one I have for you, and then um, if you have anything else you want to add to the fans, please do. But uh, for the people in St. Pete, in Tampa, Orlando, wherever, on the fence, have never been to a IndyCar event and are considering going down uh, when you guys are in St. Pete to kick off the season, why should they go out and what will they see if they go out? Well, I, here's my pitch. You know, if you've never been to an IndyCar race, there's probably no better of an event to go see than the one at St. Petersburg. Uh, it's a great environment. You know, the town's fantastic. People like being in St. Pete regardless of if a race is going on or not. But you're going to see a ton of local support. Um, so the energy level is going to be really good. Everyone's going to show you a good time if you come down to the city and to watch the race. And what I love about a street course race in IndyCar is it's just it's fun for everybody. You know, if you're one person or you have an entire family, you know, there's something for everyone there activity-wise. There's, there's a kid zone. There's a fan zone. Uh, you can walk around. You know, you can have a picnic. You can go up in the stands. There's food, drinks everywhere you want to go. Um, and it's, you know, it's close by to a lot of uh, amenities. You're in the city, so you're not far away. You don't have to drive out to the middle of nowhere. Um, and, and Indy cars are cool. If you've never watched them race, they're very fun to see in a street course environment, very impressive race cars. So, if you haven't seen one, come give it a shot. That was a little bit of my conversation with Joseph Newgarden. You can hear the rest of that on 104.5 WOKV on Saturday and Sunday morning as well. Right now, want to welcome in Dane Dunning uh, from Clay County area, former Florida Gator, current Texas Ranger. Dane, how are you this evening? I'm pretty good. How are you? I am good. Appreciate you joining me. Uh, we're gonna. We have you on to talk about a uh, important stream, a charity stream that you have coming up. We're definitely gonna do that in just a second. But Major League Baseball player, obviously the elephant in the room. And I don't know how much you can say, or I don't want to get you in trouble. But what in the heck is going on with Major League Baseball right now? Are you, are you like as a player? Are you wondering what's going on? Are you not worried? Are you worried? Like, take us inside the mind of a current Major League Baseball player as the lockout currently stands. 
Um, I mean, just being in the mind of a current baseball player that's not a part of or not fully involved with the MLBPA, which is the Players Association, um, is honestly just trying to stay ready for whenever season does happen. Um, I mean, obviously everyone knows that we're in a lockout right now. Uh, just the dispute of the CBA between the, the Players Association and the MLB, like owners and everybody. Um, and we're just just arguing on certain things um, alongside the fact of uh, just getting a little bit more financial security with, um, like, for us players. Um, and that's mainly, that's a little piece of it. There's a lot more, like, in-depth detail that um, I'm not even too knowledgeable, like, I don't really know too much about um, to be able to explain it all. And also the fact of just being able to explain it all. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I, it's, it's a crazy thing that's going on. And for you, obviously, does this have what's going on in terms of financially and whatnot? You are a relatively new full-time major league player. Obviously, mostly last year you were up the entire season. Does this hit home for you more knowing that just a few years ago you were in the minor league position in some of the arguments like service time? Does that mean more to you since you were just in that position? Um, I mean, yes. And technically I'm still, I mean, a part of that equation, uh, a part of that like situation that's happening. Um, I, I know through like the minor league, I mean, the biggest grind is obviously getting to the minor leagues, but it's also the pace in the minor leagues. Um, I mean, for, for most people, everybody thinks that, you know, you get drafted, you go to the major league, not major, well, they think that you go to the major league and they think that you're living this, you know, lavish lifestyle. But in reality, you're actually spending four or five, maybe six years in, in minor league baseball where you're making uh, up to $12,000 a year uh, playing minor, like minor league baseball. So it's just, um, it's, so we're trying to, like, we're just trying to fight for a little bit of, um, like benefits to the minor league side and obviously the major league side. That way, you know, when people do make it and they do get that, that career where it's, it's a little bit more like security, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, as, as you absolutely should. Um, how does this impact? Obviously, you should be in Arizona at spring training right now. That's not the case because of the lockout. How do you? How does that impact how you prepare for a season? Um, still, I mean, I'm still just keeping on with my off-season program. Uh, I'm currently out in Arizona right now. Um, I, me and my wife went and prepaid our uh, our off-season, um, not off-season, our spring training living last year during the season, and um, so. We uh, decided to just go ahead and come out here and, you know, be able to enjoy that Arizona weather and be able to work out along with some friends and uh, teammates. So uh, we're already out there. But honestly, it's just staying with the program uh, and just being ready for whenever that, that, that day is called. Uh, I mean, that's the biggest thing is we're going to end up having a shortened spring training, I assume, and um, we're going to have to be ready since day one. For sure, Dane Downing with us right now of the Texas Rangers. We're about to talk about the stream to end MS in just a second, Dane. But one last baseball one for you. When we finally do get on the field, or when you get on the field, I won't be on the field. I'll just be sitting here in the studio like I always am. But uh, what can we expect from your club in 2022? Obviously, moves are made before the lockout moves can still come. But Rangers look like an up-and-coming team. How do you see your team playing out uh, this season? Uh, I think we got a bright future ahead of us, honestly. Um, I mean, we had some some really big signings this past year with uh, Corey Seager and uh, Marcus Simeon. And, 
Cole Calhoun and um, um, John Gray. And it's going to be a, I mean, it's really going to be an exciting year. We're going to be able to turn this program around. And we got some, some younger guys that, that should be able to come up this, this next year and kind of put their foot in the door in the, um, like for the Rangers and everything. So we got a lot of talent coming up and it's going to be a, it's going to be a good year coming up and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's it's going to be a fun team to watch for sure. The new ballpark obviously plays in as well. It's a couple years old now, but Rangers are definitely going to be an exciting team to watch. All right, man, we got the stream to end MS. You are hosting it, Apex Legends Tournament, Thursday, February 24th. So next Thursday, 8 p.m. Tell me about it. Tell me all about it. Why why are you doing it? Just give me the whole rundown. Um, I mean, the biggest thing of why I'm doing it is um, mainly for the, the it's nearly a million people in the United States that live with MS. Uh, for the people who don't know what multiple sclerosis is, it's uh, an unpredictable and often like disability disease of the central nervous system, and there's currently no cure for it. So symptoms can vary from person to person and ranges from numbness and tingling to mobility challenges, blindness, paraly- like being paralyzed and everything else. So, um, currently my wife works for the MS Society, and uh, I was able to have my in to, um, to be able to help out the MS Society that, in that way. Um, and it was the biggest thing was just being able to do something that could bring attention to a lot of people and to bring just the, just the word that MS is out there. Um, and mainly it's just through video games and uh, just Twitch and streaming. Uh, last year we had an event where we did the stream to NMS. It was the, the first one, the first annual. And it, uh, we ended up raising, I think, a little over, or well, a little under $13,000. Um, and we had about 255,000 views, individual views on the tournament, which is fantastic just being able to get the word out. So um, this year we're doing the same thing again. Uh, we're just switching up the game a little bit to be a little bit more friendly for everybody that plays. Um, so, I mean, currently right now we have, like myself, Lucas Giolito with the Chicago White Sox. Uh, you have Derek Holland, who's technically a free agent right now, but last year he was with um, the Detroit Tigers, and he's got, I mean, roughly 13 years of service time. Uh, Brett Phillips with the Tampa Bay Rays. Tristan McKenzie with the Cleveland Indians. Uh, then we have two other teammates of mine, Jose Trevino, Taylor Hearn, and many more players in the MLB. Um, that are going to be joining on as well. And not to mention, we also have a Apex Legends Pro, um, and she's also a Twitch partner. Her name is Lulu Lovely. She's going to be joining in as well, who's a very talented um, content creator and streamer. But the, um, the whole, like, Twitch stream, the whole event is just mainly to spread word for multiple sclerosis and to be able to bring in as much funds as we can for them. And there's going to be lots of fun giveaways and cool giveaways um, dealing from just being able to play one on, like, just games with me for an hour or all the way up to, like, an Xbox Series X that we're going to be giving away, um, a signed Shohei Otani MVP candidate photo or MVP photo um, to sign World Series champions, like, with Max Reed and all that. Um, all the way to um, like PS5 controllers and things like that. So there's going to be a bunch of giveaways 
um, for people when they come to watch to be able to try to get. And um, I think a bunch of the signed memorabilia would be purchases. So you'd be able to get very exclusive purchases through that. That is awesome, and a lot of a lot of big name people will definitely be playing, and that'll be streaming live on Twitch.tv slash MS Society. Apex Legends is the game. How did you decide on that? I know you said you changed it up to a more a game people might play more, but is that your game? Are you going to be dominating? Like, what's going to be happening here? Uh, I mean, I hope so. I, I do. I do play Apex Legends a lot. Um, I mean, it's a lot of fun just playing that game. It's very. I mean, it's very shooter friendly. Um, but last year we played Rocket League, which is a very okay technical game. And if it's not a game that you've played for a while, it, it's a the, the biggest thing is just a very big skill gap. So the top players are going to be significantly better than the lower end players. Um, Apex is a little bit different just because it's, I mean, it's kind of like Call of Duty and Fortnite, which games that majority of people play, which is shooters. Um, it'll, it'll play a little bit into that favor where people can still be able to like be able to shoot and um, eliminate players. So that's, that was the main, the main reason why I switched it to Apex Legends was just to be able to have a better, a more um, even playing field uh, throughout everybody. And then also just shooters are a lot more player friendly. So we'll be able to let, bring in a lot more players and hopefully a lot more viewership. Absolutely. Uh, I, I've played Rocket League a little bit and I am absolutely terrible. So uh, I can relate to you on that one. You said watching the stream, you have a chance to win giveaways um, and purchases as well. Can can people watching like play with you guys? Is there a way to like donate and get in, or can you just flat out donate to the cause um, even if you don't want to purchase something? Uh, both. Um, currently on my Twitter, um, I have posted a link that is um, you'd be able to get into a certain amount of slots. I'm pretty sure right, it's set for, I think, about $100 a slot. So you'll be able to join into some of the private, our, because we have our own private lobby. Um, so you'll be able to join into the lobby and play against me and other MLB players and the, the Twitch partner and Apex Legends Pro, Lulu Lovely. Uh, we'll be able to play up against them. So um, I think it'll be a really cool, just a cool moment being able to play against and interact, be, you know, be able to say they can eliminate Dane Dunning um, you know, be able to brag about that for the rest of their, you know, childhood or like lives, for example. Um, just be able to give that unique experience. But uh, all that would be up on my Twitter. Um, we have a donor drive page that will have all of the, the prizes that are going to be able to win. Um, I'm just looking at it right now. We have a couple other Bose headphones, the Quiet Comforts that we're going to be giving away. We've got two of those that are going to be giving away um, and things like that. That is that is awesome. Like he said, you can get Adam on Twitter and find all that information at ddunning33 on Twitter. Dane, I'm going to be locked into the stream. I'm going to tell you I'm horrible at Apex, like in general, just not my thing. My buddy, though, Big into it. I might have to pay his entry just to get him in and see if he can compete with you guys because at the end of the day, it's all going to a good cause. Again, that stream February 24th, next Thursday at 8 p.m. Watch Dane Dunning and a lot of other Major League Baseball players and uh, Apex professionals as well. Dane, appreciate your time, man. Hope the stream goes well, and uh, can't wait to see you back on the mound whenever Major League Baseball gets this thing figured out. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. No problem. Thank you, man. Have a good one.
That is Dane Dunning right there of the Texas Rangers. That stream is going to be exciting. If you've never watched professional video games or watch people play video games on Twitch. It is a different experience if you've never experienced it. I enjoy it. Um, I, Like I said, I will be locked in 8 p.m. next Thursday, the 24th, right after you get done with us on Action Sports Jacks Overtime. You have time to readjust your computer if you listen on the stream or have time to get home, get a snack maybe, and tune in to Dane's stream. We appreciate him coming on the show uh, today to talk about that. Like I said, next week you will find that stream. We got more to do, though, on Action Sports Jack's Overtime. Before we talk to Dane, you heard from Joseph Newgarden of IndyCar. On the other side of this break, you will hear from Colton Herta, also IndyCar Pro, youngest winner in IndyCar history, which is pretty incredible. We will talk to him a little bit on the other side of this break. Action Sports Jack's Overtime. Casey Kirk's flying solo. We will be right back. Sports Jacks Overtime, ESPN 690. Casey Kurtz with you, flying solo. Brian Middleton out in the streets of Arizona. If anybody sees my man, get at him. Tell him what's good. He'll be back next week for Action Sports Jacks Overtime. So right now on Thursday, Monday as well, you'll be rocking with me solo. By the way, Monday, uh, only going from 6 to 6.30 like we did in the early days of OT. It's amazing that we're saying, well, me, nobody else is here. I'm saying it. Uh, The early days when we only did 30 minutes, now we do a cool, crisp hour. So anyway, 30 minutes on Monday, uh, leading you into Florida State men's basketball. Believe we'll be playing Boston College in that one. Probably do some, some Daytona recaps on Monday. Feeling maybe some golf as well as the Florida swing will get underway next week with the Honda Classic. We might even next Thursday talk about the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. That'll be next Sunday uh, to kick off the IndyCar season like we did before we talked with Dane Dunning uh, about his stream, his charity stream that we will give you more information about before we end the program. Talked with Joseph Newgarden of IndyCar about the upcoming season. We are now going to, I'm going to share a little bit of my conversation with Colton Herta. Like I said before the break, the youngest IndyCar winner of all time. He was born in the year 2000. First person to successfully make me feel old. All of those things. Check, check, check. Uh, we talked to him earlier this week. The full conversations with both Joseph and Colton will be on WOKV FM 104.5 on Saturday and Sunday morning. So you can f- hear the entire conversations. Uh, it's going to be an hour show me talking with both of those guys you can also find if you're listening on the stream in the Tampa as well as Orlando as well as Miami but nonetheless here's a little bit of my conversation with Colton from earlier this week this season obviously about to get rolling for you when you look back at this season so obviously I'm asking you to look ahead and then look back at the same time so sorry about that but what would a successful season be for you when you get to the end of it um you know I think there's only real really one right answer and that's the championship we've come so close the last few years finishing third in 2020 fifth in 2021 um tying for the most wins last year all the ingredients have been there um and it's just about putting together a championship season so i think anything other than that would be um you know a little bit disappointing is there a spot on the it might be st pete but if not if there's a spot 
on the calendar that you look forward to more than the others every season? Obviously, the Indy 500 is like our top race, but that's too generic of an answer. So I'd probably say there's two, Laguna Seca and Long Beach. Long Beach was the, the track that I grew up going to. It was my first ever race, actually, uh, when my dad was racing. I went there. I was actually two weeks old. It's the only place, I, only race I could go for a while because I wasn't old enough to fly yet. Um, so I went to that race, and that was my first one. Gone there pretty much every year since. Um, and, and obviously, Laguna Seca... Uh, I haven't lost a race there yet uh, in IndyCar out of the two years running. So, um, yeah, it's a place that's always really special to go to. It's a lot of fun to drive that track also. That's a nice little flex to have there. Yeah, I've never lost. Deal with it, people. Right. I like that. Right. Uh, in terms of this event, uh, the St. Pete Grand Prix, why should people come to the event if they're on the fence, people that maybe have not been to an IndyCar event before? What makes going to an IndyCar race special and should get people out of their house and down to downtown St. Pete? There's a lot of things. I think just the, the general atmosphere, um, it, it's really exciting. And the cars are, are loud, they're fast. Uh, you know, if you're into that sort of stuff, loud, fast cars, uh, you know, I think there's, there's music playing also. They have some carnival stuff, but the main reason would be to get down there and see the cars with the paddocks open, walk in on Friday, see the cars, check them out before they go out on track. Um, and who knows, maybe you see some of us drivers out there too. I like it. Last one I have for you. Getting into the car to start the race, can you relate it to any other thing out there? I know adrenaline's probably going, like for me when I get in my car, I like to drive, but not at the level you're driving in IndyCar. But when you sit down and when you're about to get rolling, is there anything that relates to it? Absolutely not, actually. Um, I've not never felt anything like that. Obviously, maybe for, for other professional sports, there's a there's a moment of, of like calming down because your drive to so the whole the whole time it, it's such a big event race, right? So they do all these ceremonies and stuff beforehand, and um, really kind of hypes everything up. And there's a lot of noise and a lot of stuff. And you're trying to focus on one thing um, and, and trying to try to focus on the race and what you're going to do, the game plan, and trying to remember everything. Um, but there's so much, it's so hard to to stay concentrated. And then as soon as you sit in the car the nerves start to die down and you have your helmet on, you can't hear anything, even when they're blasting music. So, um, you know, you really have like, you're at one at that point. It's kind of like a Zen moment. You have to finally, and you can finally go back through, what do I need to do? What's going to happen? What do I want to do at the start? All these things that you're running through your your mind uh, as you go through the first opening uh, sequences and then then you get going. So it, it really is, there is a feeling there where it's not like anything that I've ever felt outside of race car. I like it. That's awesome. All right, man. Like I said, that's all I got for you. If you have anything that you want the fans to know uh, going into the race, feel free to uh, just say it and let me know. Otherwise, I'm good. Just root for the 26 Cambridge car. <laughs> I like it, man. Perfect. Uh, appreciate you. Appreciate your time. I know uh, we didn't have a lot of it, but I appreciate you. Best of luck in the... Uh, in the race and the whole entire season, and hopefully you can continue the back-to-back uh, winter trend. No problem. I appreciate the time. Thanks, guys. That was my conversation, a little bit of it, with Colton Herta of IndyCar earlier this week. I mentioned the back-to-back uh, little stat there at the end. The Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, sponsored by RP Funding, has been won 
back-to-back by three straight drivers. So what do I mean? 2019, 2020, same driver, Joseph Newgarden. 20... I'm trying to do math backwards. 2017, 2018, same driver. 2015, 2016, same driver. Colton Herta, the winner in 2021, has the opportunity to be the fourth driver to go back-to-back in that race. That would be something. Uh, I, I asked both guys about it. I said, why does that happen? Is that just luck? What's the deal there? They both told me it was luck. So I'll take them by their word. They are the professionals. One segment to go here, Action Sports Jacks Overtime. Before we close out a week here on OT, obviously one more edition of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. That will come tomorrow. But for us on OT, one more edition. We got a couple minutes on the other side. Stick with us. Action Sports Jacks Overtime, ESPN 690. Sports Jacks Overtime, ESPN 690. couple minutes to go before the weekend for OT. But I really shouldn't even say the weekend for OT because the only guy that would have a weekend at this point is Brian Middleton. And if you've been listening for the last hour, you may have realized, or maybe not, uh, either way, that Brian Middleton is not here. He is in Arizona in the streets of Phoenix. If you see him, get out, my boy. But... Uh, That'll do it for us this week on a Thursday. We'll be back on Monday, as we always are, uh, like I said, at 6 o'clock. And we will go till 6.30 because FSU and Boston College have a little rumble. Uh, that game will start at 7. Coverage will start at 6.30 right here on ESPN 6. Nice. That's why we only have you for 30 minutes next Monday. Obviously coming up uh, for FSU on Saturday, they will play Duke, number 9 Duke, uh, in Duke. So, uh... That's going to be a tough one. That one, the coverage will start at 5.30 with tip-off coming at 6 p.m. And for Florida State, they obviously beat Duke the first time around. We talked a lot about it when that did happen, but things have changed drastically for Florida State. For lack of a better term, everybody is hurt. It is a bad situation for them in terms of health. A lot of guys out for the season, big-name returning seniors. So... Leonard Hamilton is pretty much having to play uh, freshmen who were expected to play Matthew Cleveland um, among that group, but then also guys that were not expected to play, uh, guys that were expected to just sit on the bench and enjoy wearing a jersey for the Florida State Seminoles, but they are now thrust into action, and that's why it's even more impressive that they have lost a lot of games in a row. Um, it, it has been rough a go of things, like I said, but the other night on Tuesday, Florida State gets a win 81-80 to over Clemson, Clemson again, not a basketball powerhouse uh, like they are in football, but nonetheless, it was a competitive game. Florida State outscored them by five in the second half, which was what got it done. Raekwon Evans, pretty much the last player that returning that you would likely know from the good FSU teams of late, scored 28 in that one. Matt Cleveland with 13, Cameron Fletcher with 17 in that one. So Florida State is definitely... Uh, running on fumes to finish this season, likely to miss the tournament unless they go on an incredible run in the ACC tournament, or they would have to do that as well as probably beating Duke here on Saturday and then the rest of the schedule looking forward. Boston College, you need to win that. Uh, You lost the first one of them. Virginia, Florida State, and NC State. So Florida State will need at a minimum four wins and a good tournament run to end up in the big tournament, but... 
I'm just going to be honest with you folks here on the flagship station for the Seminoles in Jacksonville. It's, it is unlikely that you will see Florida State in the big dance, but definitely not impossible. Casey Kurtz with you here on ESPN 690 Action Sports Jacks Overtime. Dane Dunning joined us earlier in the show to talk about what's going on with Major League Baseball. He obviously has the best perspective on it due to the fact he is a Major League Baseball player for the Texas Rangers. So we talked to him a little bit about that. You also heard from Joseph Newgarden as well as Colton Herta, who are big names in IndyCar. They will get their series started in two weeks, the week after Daytona week, which is this week, which is why Brett Martineau was at Daytona International Speedway today for the show Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 right before this one. But let's tell you a little bit about this, the stream to end MS. It is what we had Dane on to talk about. Dane, along with many other major leaguers, Tristan McKenzie was in there, Brett Phillips, Lucas Giolito, will be playing an Apex uh, tournament on Twitch next Thursday 